I want to turn to uh, Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to read a few verses from verse 35 onwards. And the, and the title of the, in, in, my, in the scripture here, it says, Greatness in Serving. Verse 35, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able So Jesus said to them, you will drink indeed, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized, with you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is granted, for whom it is prepared. And then the, and when the ten heard it, They began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. A well-known portion of Scripture. What an amazing thing James and John do. They come in in, in verse uh, 36. 35, and they said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, if that's bold. That's amazing. You know, I think in, in the New Living Translations, it says, you know, we, we, will you do us a favor? That's a little bit, a little bit softer, a little bit washed down. Yeah, they're coming boldly and they're saying, I want you to do what I want. Don't we sometimes come to God with those, those kind of prayers? And, and Jesus, he doesn't actually get angry with them for being so bold. In fact, their prayers, prayer life has probably improved a little bit because in Luke chapter 9, uh, there's a problem with one of the towns and, and they said, shall we call down prayer? Shall we, not, shall we call down fire and destroy the city? That's the kind, these, these guys are bold in their, in, in their prayers. They are asking Jesus. And sometimes we pray, and we pray like foolish prayers. Sometimes, and Jesus, this is a bit of a foolish prayer. But Jesus has been teaching them to ask. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Knock, and the door shall be opened. You know, ask anything using my name. And all, he, he'd been teaching them. So, so they got the lesson. They were asked. They were, they, 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 they were bold. And you and I need to be bold in our asking. And if we ask him, the Lord will put us right. And so, the other disciples are 
are bleak. They're bleak. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, John's, John and James have asked this thing. That they could sit on, 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 the, on the right hand and on the left hand in the kingdom. In the coming kingdom. I wonder whether they're bleak because they didn't think of asking that question themselves. Maybe they just, they, 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 just grumpy. And so, Jesus then answers James and John. And what is his answer? What do you want me to do for you? And, he, and sorry, the answer is verse 38. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And so he says, you're asking for something great. You're asking for something big. You're asking for something which you don't really know what you're asking about. You know, I think if I look back and a few years ago, there was a, there was a, a prayer, the Jabez prayer, which people were preaching and preaching about and it was asked to that to extend our our, uh, our the borders of our of our lives and that we might know God more and we might do more for God sometimes we pray these big prayers I'll follow you wherever I, wherever I go and 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 we pray we ask ask God to be with us and and we ask him to do all that stuff but uh, we don't realize that the cost it comes with us comes with the big ask. The big ask here, they, what did it come? It, it came with the cost of taking on the baptism that Jesus was going to experience. That was crucifixion. Jesus was going to be crucified. When we follow Jesus, we are going to be crucified. And as we look at the world and you say, well, it's not going to happen in our neighborhood. But I'm not so sure about that as I look at where, where the world is at. And so we need to be deeply committed in following Jesus. So what are they, what are they asking? They're asking a huge thing. And if we go back to when uh, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives and he prays with the disciples just before he's going to, going to, be, going to be crucified. He tells the disciples that they should pray that they wouldn't enter into temptation. And then he, 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 he withdrew from them. He knelt down and asked his father if he was able to remove the cup from him. Jesus chose to live with the limitations and restrictions of a human being. And, and, and he, he sweated blood. And he, he was, in his humanity, he wanted this, this thing to be taken away from him. He didn't want to go to the cross. We sung about the cross in most of the songs today. And Jesus didn't want to go there, but he said, not my will, but, but your will. We've got to say the same today. Not, not my will, but your will. In everything in our lives. In every, every, every instance in our lives. And so Jesus uh, went and prayed, and he was in sorrow. 
He was, he, he was, he was, he was in pain. But the disciples, they weren't quite sure what was going on and they'd been asked not, they'd been asked to pray that they wouldn't enter into temptation. And what did they do? They fell asleep. You fall asleep when you read the Bible. You fall asleep when you pray. But Jesus, Jesus' reaction to the pain that he was about to go through was to pray. And he talked with his father. And it was very exciting. What, it, what happened was he, uh, his father sent him an angel to strengthen him and to look after him. And we need the angels to come and strengthen us in our times of pain and our times of sorrow. What do you and I do with pain and sorrow? What do we so often do? Well, in many ways which we avoid pain. Some of us uh, eat more. Some of us sleep. Some of us go to the mall and spend more money, which causes more pain because you've got to pay it back eventually. Jesus' way to way reaction to pain is to pray. We react, our reaction to everything, we need to be a people of prayer. Malcolm Hedding said that last, last week. And so in every situation, we need to be a people of prayer. I'm talking to myself. So we've got to pray. Let's go back to, to Mark 10. What are the disciples, what were James and, and, uh, and James and John looking for? They were looking for promotion. Promotion in the scriptures comes neither from the, from the east nor from the west, but only from the Lord. They had seen, they, they believed, uh, they, I mean, they were a bit schizophrenic in many ways, because sometimes they realized that he was the Messiah, other times they were uncertain, but, but they really did know that there was something special about Jesus. He was a great teacher, he was a prophet, he healed the sick, he, 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 uh, the, the lame saw, he cured the lame, the lame walk, <laughs> not the lame saw, the lame do see. <laughs> they've seen him talk to the crowds, they've seen his popularity, and they're asking for promotion. And how Jesus underscores one of the most profound lessons on promotion that there is. Promotion comes through suffering. At the, at the, at, in, in the garden when he's praying, it comes through suffering. And so promotion is directly connected with your ability and my ability to suffer. And to suffer with Jesus. And to suffer for Jesus. It's what we do with the problems that we face. It's what we do with the difficulties. The promises of God, I mean, I love the, the, I love the scriptures. And Psalm something or other 37 says, Delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But all who live righteously will suffer persecution. I want you to put that on your fridge. All who live righteously will suffer perse- persecution. Amy's boyfriend, Keegan, uh, is wanting to live righteously. And one of the things he, he thought he would do was uh, obey the speed limits. Now that's quite a, quite, a, quite a thing to do. 
And going down Springside Road, the, the speed limit is 40 kilometers an hour, which is almost going backwards. So now he's made this commitment to the Lord that he's going to do this, and he's driving down the road, and he gets hooted at. Because now he's going 40 k's, he's obeying the, the speed limit, and most people drive uh, probably 80 kilometers an hour along that little windy road. I won't name any names. <laughs> but so he got hooted at, that, and he said, Yay, I'm being persecuted for righteousness' sake. <laughs> But that's it. When, when we walk with Jesus, we're going to be persecuted. It's not the popular thing. It's not, it's not, it's not popular to do what Jesus said in the, in the modern world. So, we're called to suffer with Jesus. You know, earlier in, in the, in that, we did a, we've done a series on, on finances. Earlier in Mark 10, Jesus makes a statement about finances. He's teaching them how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and Peter says, I've left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, I'll, I'll add 100 times as much into your life. So he says he's going to promise, he's going to promise great things. He's going to bless us with, with more, than we, than, more than we can handle. Poverty is not kingdom. And neither is wealth. Wealth which makes me independent from God is not kingdom as well. Jesus says, I will add back to your life a hundred times what you left with persecutions. I mean, he's not a great marketing person, Jesus. Not a market, this is a marketing disaster. You know, buy this product and you will die. You're not going to get too many people. That's what Jesus is calling us to. There's going to be opposition to your and my walk with Jesus. As we walk with Jesus and as we walk closer to Him. And opposition doesn't just come from out there. Sometimes it comes from within. Sometimes when we move in what God is doing... It comes from within. And we need to expect that. We don't, don't get taken by surprise. Oh, it should never have happened. How could it happen? It does. <laughs> but how are you going to handle it? Are you going to handle it with grace? Are you going to handle it with mercy? Are we going to be like Jesus? Are we going to be on the cross saying, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing? Are we going to offer them forgiveness and life? So, that's enough of suffering, I think, for, for this morning. <laughs> that's how I have people walking out any minute. Um, and uh, so let's go to verse 42. But Jesus called, to, called them to himself and he said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them and, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be amongst you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever, whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life 
a ransom for many. So Jesus now is radically changing the disciples' view on what the kingdom looks like. They were thinking the kingdom was going to look like a hierarchy, hierarchy of rulers and kings and you get uh, you're in charge of this and you lord it over people and you tell people what to do because you're the senior pastor or you're the, you, whatever, you, 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 you directive. And Jesus says, it's not like that at all. He says, you come and serve. If we, if we see in John chapter 3, maybe we can, I can just turn there quickly. Let's see if I can find John. Okay. <laughs> John 3, uh, I think, John, sorry, John 13, I'll get, you, get it right just now. Verse 3. Um, so Jesus is about to wash his disciples' feet, and he says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he, was, that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took on a towel and served them. Radical. They weren't expecting this. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he had been, uh, he's been eternally with God, the whole Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had had this wonderful time for, for centuries and centuries. They'd planned the, they'd planned creation, they'd, they'd, all this plan. And, and here Jesus shows what the kingdom is like. And the kingdom is serving. So you, the question you've got to ask yourself today is, where do you want me to serve? Where do, it's in your families and the worship team service on a, on a Sunday, they spend hours practicing, etc. There, there's people who come early in the morning and, and you don't see what happens. And they serve, serve the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is changing the whole, the whole structure of, of what, it, what the kingdom was about. We're not changing, he was just telling them what it, what it was. It's the top is actually the bottom, the greatest are actually the least. The one who empowers others is the one who's the greatest, who has the greatest in, influence. The kingdom has been illustrated as he washes his, washes their feet. Because the, the Washing of feet in those days was done by the, the smallest, the, the, it was the lowest job. The lowest slave got to wash feet. And Jesus had come to the house and nobody had washed his feet. Their feet hadn't been washed. And so he washed, he washed their feet. In John chapter, in, in John 13, let's just have a look at a couple of things quickly. I don't want to belabor the point. But Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. I don't know when he knew he was the Son of God in terms of his earthly existence. Was it when, when he got baptized, when he said, this is my beloved Son who I'm well pleased of, pleased with? Did he know it when he went to, as a little, as a, as a youngster, when he went to those, uh, he stayed in the temple and he said, I'm about my father's business. Did he, did he know that he was, he was God's son from, from, from early on? I'm not sure, but, but what he's saying here is he knew he, where he was from. John chapter 
3, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So he knew a few things. Firstly, he knew that he had come from God. He knew his identity. Do you know who you are today? You are a child of God. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are a child of God. You are a prince or a princess. I mean, there was a princess born yesterday in London, and the cry came out, and hear ye, hear ye, to this day on the 15th of whatever it was, uh, a princess has been born to, to Kate. What an, what an exciting, exciting event. The British really know how to do things properly. Really, they do it, they do it wonderfully. And nothing, this pomp and ceremony, absolutely wonderful. I'm sorry, Jonathan's not shy, because I could have asked him to do the, the announcement for us. But what we need to realize is that you and I are children of God. We are sons and, and daughters of, of, of the Most High. First and foremost. Then secondly, the other thing that, from, that, from that verse 3, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. All things had been given into Jesus' hands. All things had been given into your hands. Jesus never operated from lack. Oh, how am I going to do this? I haven't got enough. They needed to pay tax. He got the fish to swallow up a, a, a coin. I wish we could do that one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should. And so he never suffered from lack. He, he always talked with his father. The key to Jesus... His life was, he, he, he talked to his father. And sometimes I look at my life and think, I'm rushing around and I've got appointments and meetings and got to get up and do this and do that and rush into the day and not even talk to my father and try and do a whole lot of stuff in the flesh. Without actually just spending a little bit of time and just, just communing with, with my father and saying, what have you got for me today? What hope? What hope can I bring? To somebody who needs hope. And, and let me tell you, the world needs hope out there. So we've been given everything that we need. And he also knew where he was going. It's really important that we know where we're going. Our eternal destiny is with him in heaven. And the new heavens and the new earth. And so we need to know that. Because it, it, it is from that point. Jesus knew those three things. What did he do? He took a, 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 a cloth, a towel, and he went and washed feet. He went and washed the feet. I should have got a towel today. Could have washed your feet, Gareth. <laughs> Bless you. Because he knew who he was. He was, he was he, he, his identity was secure, and, and he operated out of the fact that he was the son. He was the son. He wasn't, he wasn't actually a servant. He was a son, but he was a servant as well. So it's like kind of, you know, some people say, well, you know, you keep preaching on, on, on that you sons and daughters and princes and, you know, you're all these royalty and all that kind of stuff. And you don't talk about serving and, and, and uh, laying down your life. But when we know who we are in Jesus, that is when we're going to serve. We're going to serve them where we, whether we are headmaster of a school. We're going to serve whether we take a choir to... Where did you go to Bloemfontein last week? Where did you go? Yeah, so that's, that's part of how we serve people, how we love people, how we bring Jesus into that situation. You and I are called to serve and love. And we do it because 
First and foremost, we are loved. You and I are loved. I want, if you remember nothing else that I, that I said today, remember today that you are loved. That you are loved. And, and because, of the, because of the love that Jesus has for you, you will be compelled to go and share the good news. Because we are royalty, because we are king, we are princes and princes, and we just, it's just so wonderful. As you get up tomorrow morning, I want you to say, I am a prince, I am a princess, I am a child of God. I bring grace wherever I go, I bring forgiveness, I bring life of Jesus, I bring whatever, whatever it is to, to your community, to your, to your office, to the, to the school, to, to your university. You bring Jesus, so you bring hope. If anybody doesn't know Jesus here today, I want you to give your life to Jesus. And we're going to close in a, in, in, in a song. I think, yeah. And we're going to sing, I think we're going to sing a, a wonderful hymn. Crown Him with Many Crowns. And I want us to lift the roof right off. And if anybody has not given their hearts to Jesus... I want you to come forward during the singing. And if anybody just wants to pray for anything, I want you to come and we just can, we can bless you. We can bless you. If you, if you're struggling today and you don't understand that you're a child of God, if you don't understand the implication of that, I just want to pray and bless you. I want to lay hands on you and say, just receive what God has got for you. Just, uh, what the scripture says about you is true.